people who are marked by what you've done. The good things that we see in our lives are not here because we've been good people. It's because we serve a gracious, generous, compassionate, persistent, all-powerful, unchanging, faithful, relentless, incommitted, love. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy of it all. Our attention, our devotion, the changes to come in our lives, you are worth that. But they are always in response to you. We're not here for a self-improvement plan. Lord, we are here to meet with the only one who has the answer and the power to bring change. We are here to meet with the one who is the way and the truth and the light. So Lord, I repent for the times where I have tried to craft a life that would please you in order to earn your favor as though I could ever do that. I repent of religion where I've emptied things of their meaning and tried to build an identity on good works. We just sang, it's what he's done, not what I do. We are not here to worship what we have done or will ever do. We're not here to build lives that are better in order to earn the Father's love. I thank you that we serve Father who, when prodigals run away, never stops looking. He runs. Forgive us for when we've made it about ourselves. Lord, some of us are hurting this morning because there's pain in our lives. Tragedy has struck. And we know loved ones who are suffering. Lord, we, we also now take a moment 
not only to allow you to continue to do the work that you have been doing, the things you've been identifying this morning, but then also we remind you of the people that we love. And we remind you of the things where there's just something wrong right now. And we need you to be the God who intervenes. We open scriptures every week here that show divine intervention. Would you be that God to us? to our loved ones in name Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Lord, having named the things that are on our hearts, we return our focus to who you are. And we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to praise you. Lord, may our lives be lives of thanksgiving and praise so that they become lives where, where we increasingly invite your presence. Enter his presence with thanksgiving. Enter his presence with praise. It's, it's simply appropriate. Just like when we see a friend, we automatically smile. As we see you, Lord, as we meet you, may there be that automatic response of joy and thanksgiving and praise because that is who you are. May we rebuke the lies now that say, when I see God, it brings shame. Because we talk about holiness, we talk about presence. I invite you to ask you to make this a, a tangible reality among us now. For your sake, and for our sake, for the sake of the world. As we open your scriptures, would you, would you open our minds and our hearts to receive what it is that you are speaking and you are giving? Would our hearts be good soil where the good seed gets planted, gets nurtured? Would you produce the harvest with that? So Lord, we can't do this without you. I can't do this without you. And, and why would we want to? Lord, come in greater measure. Thank you that you are here with us now. Make us sensitive to your presence and to the ways that you are with your people. 
and not something something abstract. You're you're not abstract at all. You're you're concretely here, and you are moving in different ways in this room and in hearts. May may we be attentive to your voice, your presence, and your work. For your sake. Jesus, amen. We're going to play a video clip in a moment. Parents, feel free to grab stuff from that um, shelf at the back for your kids. We're good with kid, kid noise as we continue moving through the service. Uh, glad to see we're up and running on Zoom. Thank you for that, Lionel. Welcome to those of you who are joining now online. Thank you for uh, bearing with us as we had slight, slightly different uh, activities here this morning in some ways. Um, I played a video clip last week. I'm going to play another one. Um, this is from the DVD, The Father of Lights. If you have not seen this documentary, I would highly, highly encourage you to, to take some time. You can rent it off iTunes. Um, Father of Lights is a documentary um, done by a Christian guy who discovered that God was still working in really powerful and miraculous ways. And when he when he we found when he found out about that, he went and started filming people who were experiencing God working in really powerful and miraculous ways. Ways, and he then put it on film. Um, and so this is another one of those stories. Um, the the gentleman who is in this. Um, uh, in this particular clip is a guy named Ravi, who's, who was in India at the time. That's what, where this episode takes place. There are a lot of subtitles. So if you can't read from the back, come to the front and just watch it. It's about six or seven minutes long. Feel free to do that if you can't see it. Um, because it's in India, like I said, there are a lot of those subtitles. Um, Ravi uh, was introduced in the previous clip uh, as being someone who, from the age of 17 on, um, was given the gift of being able to hear the audible voice of God every day. And God wakes him up at 4 a.m. and gives him his orders for the day. And you're going to see some of what those orders actually look like uh, and what his days look like. And so Robbie, Robbie would be in his mid-40s now. This took place, I think, when he was in his mid-30s. Um, he's now in the States and, and has a, a training and equipping ministry. And he's coming to our church in two weeks' time. So we are, we're going to have a Friday night and all day Saturday where he's going to be doing um, a session that he has sort of named power and authority, um, taking those themes from scripture and, and teaching about them and then um, doing some ministry and so on. I was meeting with um, Ravi's friend this weekend. He's been to all around the world with Ravi. Um, and he said, you have what you have to understand about Ravi's gifting and the way that he operates is that as he gets his orders, he just kind of does it. And so, as much as he does put labels on these particular events, like power and authority or hearing God's voice or something like that, it, it's really kind of a label, but it's still up to God what he decides to do. And so, it ends up being pretty, pretty fluid. So, I don't exactly know what to expect, but they approached us and said, Would you guys host this weekend? And I took it to our council and said, I think this is something God's asking us to do. And we all agree that it was and is. And so he's coming in a couple of weeks. Um, so that's September 9th and 10th. You do have to register ahead of time. 
And so the meeting is free. Uh, this time is free, but you do have to register. We, I sent out that email. And if you did not receive it, it's because we don't have your email. So would you please get in touch with me if you would like to be on the, the weekly email distribution list, and then you will get more information. I'll make sure that I send this stuff to you. But let's, uh, let's watch this and um, get a little bit more of a sense of the, the ministry and the person who's going to be here ministering for a couple of weeks. When we were around, we drove this enormous town.
pretty cool, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> We're Baptists, right? We're all about conversion, missions, like others. This is God sending someone a mission because he hears his voice and he shows the fathers. should be all it's an interesting juxtaposition um that maharishi uh, a holy man right holy man he says i worked my whole life we're trained to be perfect if you read that subtitle i've lived my whole life trying to eliminate the bad and increase the good because I've been searching for that one God. You're going to see an interesting interplay with that in our scriptures today. Would you go to Deuteronomy 23? I had a friend, I still have a friend, we are still friends, um, growing up, his, his parents owned a plumbing company. And um, they they had, I don't know if it's as a result of having a plumbing company or what, but sort of a warped sense of humor. And so I'd be at his house and ask for a pen, and he would hand me one that was in the shape of something you would leave at the toilet, um, just a ballpoint on the end of something brown. Um, there there were no lack of poo jokes all in and around his life and and our interactions and so on. This was a family company and it was started by a father who passed it on to two sons and on the sides of their trucks, they would have a picture of the three three men running the company and they all have um, like clothespins over top of their noses and the, the tagline is, it's a stinky business and we love it. They had sort of a warped sense of humor about it. They were trying to make light of something that was um, both serious and necessary, but also somewhat awkward to talk about, right? Uh, it's a little bit awkward to talk about toilet stuff, especially in public. And you're not going to believe the scripture we're going to look at today that actually does talk about that stuff. And um, the temptation for me as we go to a scripture that talks about excrement um, is to insert the poo jokes and and use the puns and and make something serious um, less serious because it's somewhat uncomfortable. But if I do that, and if you do that, what we will end up doing is undermining the message God has for us. So I'm going to do my very best to avoid that. And it's not because I'm so simple that I, I overlooking the obvious jokes I could make, but that would make it something about me. And it, what it would do is dilute the message for us. Okay, because there is a very serious message in this part uh, of scripture, and I was as shocked as you are to be taken to it this particular week. But there is a very clear reason for it, and it has something to do with that. Okay, so would you go with me to Deuteronomy 23? I'm only going to read verses uh, 12 to 14. 
here we go. You shall have a place allocated outside your camp so that you may go there to relieve yourself. And you're to have a spade among your tools. And it shall be that when you sit down outside, you shall dig with it and shall turn and cover up your excrement. And here's the reason. Since verse 14, the Lord your God walks in the midst of your camp to save you and to defeat your enemies before you, your camp must be holy. So he must not see anything indecent among you, or he will turn away from you. This is the word of the Lord. It's somewhat of an odd one to give thanks to, uh, to give thanks for. And yet here it is. Not without some wrestling this week that we do this one. We need to live holy lives, friends. This is a this is a picture of holiness. These people who are hearing this particular message delivered to their ears at this moment in history have been taking a spade outside a camp for 40 years. They've been wandering in the desert, living the nomadic life for 40 years since they left Egypt. They're on the edge of the promised land. If anyone does not need to be told that this is how you relieve yourself and this is how you keep your camp clean, it's people who've been doing it for 40 years. There has to be more to this passage than simply here's how you keep your, your camp tight. And that's why you see this verse attached to the next. It's since the Lord your God walks in the midst of your camp. In the camp, where was God located? The tabernacle. Tabernacle sits in the middle of the camp. Uh, the Levites are camped around the outside of the tabernacle, and the remaining tribes, the remaining people, are camped in the, the third concentric circle around the rest of them. God is in the middle of the camp, except he's in more than the camp. He, he's someone who walks about in the camp. And what he's looking for is that this place be kept clean. This place be kept tidy. Um, it was actually John Wesley, I believe, who said cleanliness is next to God. And there's a reason why those two things actually get linked. We, we need lives of increasing purity, increasing holiness, and it's because God just is, isn't just here on Sunday morning. He walks about the camp of our lives. And it's a question of what he's going to step on and what he's going to encounter as he walks to your camp on Tuesday afternoon and my camp on Wednesday morning and someone else's camp 
on Thursday evening. God, God is a God who scripture says searches hearts and minds. He, he's a God who makes intentional and unexpected visits to check in on his people. And the question is, what is he going to find? Have we been keeping a camp that's actually clean? we pause now for a moment. We need to remind ourselves of why this is here. We need to make sure that we don't let religion start talking and speaking new lies to us, as though this is just about God's arbitrary nature. He's put things in place that he just wants done, and you don't know why, but you just do it. It's not about that. This is about, remember, we've been talking about that marriage relationship that God has with his people. We're in this covenant relationship with God. And and he asks us to be faithful to him because he has kept his end of the bargain. And and what holiness does is it, it, it nurtures that marriage relationship. Okay, it nurtures the relationship. It makes it possible for that relationship to flourish. When we talk about holiness, we can never divorce it from relationship because the moment you divorce it from relationship, what you empty it of is all of its meaning. And it ends up simply being about religious do's and don'ts. It's never been about religious do's and don'ts. It's about a God who walks in the midst of the camp. He is there for relationship with us. And what we do then is live lives and create spaces where we can make him more and more and more welcome. And some of us live lives where we've actually not been taken it out of camp. And then people wonder why it is that God seems so far. Well, have you made space for him? Have you welcomed him? Have you actually thought about who this God is and what is his nature and what is it that invites his presence and what is it that makes his presence unwelcome? Let me put this in really human terms for you, really easy. Let's say that you have a peanut allergy and let's say that you're a teacher and let's say that you hate Marvel movies. What if I invite you over to my house and what I and you tell me in advance what your your tastes are, and I know, and I serve you peanut butter cookies, and I say, for our whole visit, we're going to watch Marvel movies, and I've got a t-shirt on that says, I hate teachers. Is this going to make you feel welcome? Is this going to foster and nurture our relationship? No, it's going to do the exact opposite. But that's what we do so often in our lives. And the reason that we do it is because we think holiness is, this, is for this stuffy God who puts arbitrary rules on his people. It has nothing to do with that. It's all about relationship with God. So are we making space in our lives where God is increasingly welcome? That's what holiness is all about. It's about, I want to make sure that I do everything possible in my life to please him because I want more of him. I want more of him. Holiness is a response to who God is because he's already here and he's already coming and I want even more. And I want to make sure that I make him as welcome 
as I possibly can. That's what holiness is. It's not religion. So when scripture says, be holy because I am holy, it's about fostering that relationship. It's about putting out, you know, the best food that you know your friend's going to love, right? It's about welcoming them to the place. It's about engaging in the things that they like, right? It's searching for their heart. God recently convicted me. I was in prayer. I've shared this before in a couple of circles, but it, it was profound for me that um, I was asking, Lord, you know, um, we've heard from the Lord, I'm coming to fill unity. You need to empty yourselves. And I wanted to make sure that I was, I was not going to be in the way of what it was that God wants to do. And so I started asking the Lord, you know, let me just, let's go through another season of confession and searching. And the first thing he said to me very gently was selfish lover. You love me, but for your desire, for your fulfillment, not for mine. That's what God said. Are we going to be people that are going to search for the heart of God because it would please him? So that we, it's not so much that we get our desires that as we, we come to recognize that this relationship is about fulfilling his desires. It's about loving him for his sake. It's about blessing and pleasing him and putting a smile on his face. It's not about the boost to my particular life. So, so often we come here to these places where like, I hope I get what I need this week. I hope you do too, but I hope we bless God first. And, I, and you know what? That's honestly not always my heart. And so that's why I'm going through this continual process of like, Lord, refine me more so that my honest desires are to get to know you and bless you for your own sake. That's what holiness is. That's why we seek to live lives of holiness. So that we can foster that relationship. For so long, because religion has got in the way. Remember, religion is religious stuff emptied of all its meaning, void of relationship. For so long, what we have done is we've heard the word holiness. We've heard the word obedience. We've heard the word purity. Things like that. Sacrifice. Worship. And we think, that sounds stuffy. That doesn't sound really desirable. It doesn't really sound desirable to empty my life. It doesn't sound like I'm going to be really fulfilled with that. And we, we buy the lie that the world has something better to offer. I haven't yet found fulfillment with God, so I, will, I guess I will look elsewhere. But maybe the reasons that we have not found fulfillment with God is actually because we've made so little room. This is the God who created every good thing. Every good and perfect gift is from above. 
In other words, the, the, the source of all fulfillment and happiness and purpose and peace in your life cannot be found apart from you. All of it is lies and emptiness. And there is a life of fulfillment on offer. As we come to meet Jesus, having left ourselves behind, where, where there isn't this emptying process, but in the emptying, we end up getting filled with more of him. And there is a joy that comes in that that you cannot possibly imagine. It's not about emptiness. I've gone through a couple of um, purges in the last couple of years. And, and the peace and the presence that come with it far, far, far outweighs the cost of having to go through it. I got more of Jesus in these last two years than I ever thought I'd get in my entire life. It's good. He's he's, he's good. Remember the story of Zacchaeus? For those of you who don't know the story of Zacchaeus, let me tell it very quickly. Zacchaeus was a tax collector who worked for the Romans. They were, they were Jewish people who had sold out everything and now worked for the enemies who were occupying. You like working for the, you know, the Nazis or something like that. They, they had sold out to the Romans. They had sold out their own people. And they were continuing to betray them by stealing from them and working for the Romans and giving them extra. They were absolutely hated and despised by every Jewish person. Jesus, in his Jewish movement, goes through town and meets Zacchaeus, the tax collector, whom everyone hates. And Jesus looks up at him, at him knows his name, the spirit has spoken, the word of knowledge. Jesus says, this is Zacchaeus, and he says, I'm coming to your house today, which no one does, because this guy's so hated. And Jesus doesn't sit down and tell him all of his sin. But somewhere in Jesus' presence, and the holiness that Jesus carries, and the fulfillment and the life that Jesus has, Zacchaeus recognizes that that's a life that I need, and it brings about a repentance without Jesus ever having to call out his sin. And he says, I, I got life. I'm giving it all away. The, the God who requires holiness does it on the basis for the sake of relationship in order that our lives might be changed, in order that we might get his life. Zacchaeus gets Jesus' life that day. Zacchaeus 
gets one-on-one time with Jesus. And it produces a joy and a life in him where he says, I'm giving it away. That's the kind of holiness that we're after. That's the kind of, that's the kind of holiness that God presents to his people. He says, look at me, now embody this. It's not about emptiness. It's about, but you have to, you have to be empty. We're in a season of being on the edge of something, of preparing. This is a season of preparation. Deuteronomy is a book of preparation for people to step into something. We've been wandering the desert for 40 years in order to step into a promised land. God has been asking this congregation and speaking to us regularly, saying, here's what you need to do. You need to learn to hear my voice. Here's what you need to do. You need to empty yourselves. Here's what you need to do. This is about holiness. These are themes that we have come back to so regularly because God keeps emphasizing them for a purpose. Hey, that purpose is always the relationship. But it's, it, it's because in relationship, something more can then happen. The Lord your God walks in the midst of your camp to save you and to defeat your enemies before you. He is about to take them to a place where there are more enemies and there's more work for them to be done. And what's required in order to step into that next phase that God has for his people is a life of increasing holiness among them. Because as the holiness increases, the relationship is fostered and you can move into the next season. And some people right now are stuck. And you hear a message about holiness and you say, I get it, and yet I don't. And I don't get it because as much as I I hear the, the truth of what the Spirit is saying, I can't, I can't get from here to there. And if you can't get from here to there, it's because there are things in the way. We're going to be running a soul care course this fall. We're going to start it probably third week of September. We're going to run it here at the church. I was originally pitching it just to guys, but there is actually a way to include women in it. Um, And so men or women um, are welcome to come. Um, You have to sign up for this as well. But soul care is about dealing with the stuff that keeps us stuck. It's not so much addressing sin issues. It, like it's, not, it's not directly related to the holiness. It's the, I, I want to live that holy life and I'm trying and something is holding me back. And what soul care does is it walks us through sort of this refining process where, where the Lord takes us through sort of step by step. Here are the things that need to, you just need to work. You need to get out of the way and you need to do it with other people. So if, if that sounds like something that you are interested in, please talk to me. We're going to start that in a, a couple of weeks. We're going to run it every other week because um, there's a lot of work to do. It's a, it's a book, and then we're meeting together to chat. Um, but I have seen people get unstuck by this. And we get unstuck. It's worth the effort to get unstuck so that we, we live those lives of relationship. 
where, where we foster uh, and, and make space for a God who is relentlessly relational. So if you heard this message and all you heard was be better, be good, you miss the point entirely and you rebuke religion. This is about the Lord passionately pursuing us, pursuing you individually and pursuing us as a community. And he's, he is calling us to greater lives of holiness because he's already here. Do you notice that the text didn't say the Lord would come to your camp once you cleaned it up? No, it said the Lord is already walking about in your camp. Now make sure you keep it tidy for his sake. The relationship is already there. This is not about you earning it. We will never, ever earn this. It's entirely because of God's good work. Okay? And out of our gratitude, we respond to him with, we'll clean this place up for your sake. And I will deal with the stuff that's in the way. So if you are hearing that, please talk to me. Let's, let's deal with it. Let's get the stuff out of the way so that we can step into what God is calling us to. Because I am telling you, God is calling this church to something. And it's not just September. Okay, there is a season change that is coming, but you're not going to get it if we don't go through the process he's been asking us to go through. That process has been learning to hear God's voice and all of the things related to that. It, it has been an increasing season of prayer. It is a call to holiness for the sake of relationship. Okay. This is... This is about obedience to what the Lord is doing. If you have noticed the way the Lord is working, he is moving in a direction for a purpose, and you need to be holy people. But it's holy people. It's God. Lord, may everything that I have said that is not of you stay on the carpet. And may everything that is of you take root. And would you nurture it? And would you show us how to, how to do our part well when we hear what you are saying, when we recognize what you are calling us to, when we have that moment of conviction that says, I have to, I have heard this repeatedly, I have to make this next step. Would you, would you give us not only the courage, the conviction, but then the opportunities um, that, that we need to step into what you are calling us to? Lord, would, would you remind us repeatedly that holiness is always, always about relationship with you? And we, we want to know you more, not know about you. We want to go deeper into this relationship because you are so good, because you are worth it. You are more worth it than anything else I could possibly want in this world. You are the fulfillment of every desire. Lord, would you... Would you rebuke the lies and the liars and expose them as such? 
and would you would you shine and be the truth to us? You are the way, the truth, and the life. Would we see you clearly for who you are and step into the life that you are calling us to? In Jesus' name. We're going to be doing a learning to hear session next Sunday after church. So last minute, call into potluck. We're going to do potluck next Sunday. I know it's a long weekend. Some people might be away. Whoever wants to come, just bring something to eat, bring something to share. And then after the potluck, we'll just we'll spend an hour just talking about learning to hear God, practicing it, that kind of thing. So if you if you're feeling like this is something I need to learn to step into. Uh, next Sunday is one of those opportunities. And it's somewhat of a preparation because Robbie hears really well and he's coming the following week. So make sure you register for that as well. Um, something more is coming. And some people need to step forward. And if you are feeling like I need to take some next steps, step forward today. Come talk. Let's move forward together because something more is coming. We need to be ready for it. The Lord bless you. Lord bless you. Took that uh, away. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and bless you with more of his peace and his presence and his life than you have ever experienced. And may he carry us on in holiness that fosters relationship. In Jesus' name, go in peace and be blessed.